Welcome to the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. My name is Mia Carrillo, a holistic nutritionist and energy worker based in San Diego, California. I'm sharing all my best tips and strategies for those wanting to connect deeper to their body and soul. Each week, you'll hear musings from me and guest experts in their field, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life now so you can live a more conscious lifestyle. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Okay, so we have a return guest. If you've been following the show for the last couple years, I think I started in 2018. So during that year, I brought on Whitney and we talked about ways to basically pursue entrepreneurship and uh, pursue your dream life, dream job. Um, three, four, oh my gosh, 2018 was four years ago. Holy wow. shit. Um, and so now we're on here and we're switching gears a little bit. Um, and Whitney is in the creation mode of maybe something special where you might hear this episode replayed on there. Um, so you're hearing it here first. <laughs> um, let me start by introducing Whitney. Whitney runs and owns a healing collective here in San Diego. I would argue it's the first healing collective in San Diego. Um, and it's now located in Golden Hill. And she and I met at the beginning, I think, of both of our self-employed entrepreneurship journeys. And we have been friends since. Um, she also leads a ton of retreats, which I've been on, I think, most of them, if not <laughs> all. <laughs> so, and I'm just really excited for her to share what we're going to talk about in a moment. But before we dive into that... I would like to hear how you introduce yourself, Whitney. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm like giddy and excited to be (laughs) here. I know, I'm nervous. (laughs) It's always fun to do these with friends and you know that you have rapport and everything. Um, But my name is Whitney Yarnell. I am the founder of Sojourn Healing Collective, as you mentioned. And we are a wellness space, a yoga studio, and really just a one-stop healing space for anyone wherever they are on their journey um as long as they're committed to personal growth and development or a safe space to you know pursue any healing that you might be in need of and connect with community I think that's really the biggest part of what we do is healing and community and um finding a space of belonging yeah she has like everything under the sun there i'm always sending my clients there like there's reiki sessions i do healing sessions sound healing ancestral healing past life yoga classes workshops teacher trainings reiki trainings like you will find everything that you need um so if you're in san diego or near it and you're looking for that um find us behind uh what's dark horse dark right? horse yeah Coffee. yeah i'm there sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um okay so let's you if you want to hear about her like journey to creating this by the way go back to that episode it was my one of my earlier episodes probably like 
the, maybe one of the first 10, just look for her name or search it on Spotify or Apple. And you can hear all how she started it in the process of getting there. And so obviously in the last four years, she's done a lot more healing with the pandemic and that's bringing up everyone's like own inner wounds. And if you go back to my episodes, a couple episodes ago, I talked about, um, all the psilocybin journeys and retreats that I've been on. And Whitney has been on most of those with me. And that led her to pursuing a psilocybin healing journey with her family. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about her journey and what led her up to that. And then in part two, we'll go into the deep details of what came up for her during the journey with her family, because as I'm sure a lot of you can probably be thinking, um, and Whitney said she got a lot of feedback about this, is like, I could never do that with my family. Um, so we think it's like really important to share the backstory of how she got there because it's not like, I mean, I don't know your family too well, but it's not like they're all like going on these like Buddhist monk retreats mm-hmm. or things like, they're not the most spiritual people out there. You didn't grow up spiritual in that way. Right, it's not like we are you know, running a healing collective yeah. together or yeah. on this, you know, we're clearly on a life journey together, but we're not on this path together of, you know, personal growth and development. And so it, there was a lot of challenge there and a lot that went into, it was probably about six months into the planning of it and a little bit of convincing and whatnot, but yeah, we just wanted to provide a little backstory. So you know, if this is something you want to pursue or even not with plant medicine, just with another form of healing with your family, like it is doable. Yeah. And even if like you feel like, oh, it still feels impossible. I think like the main thing is focusing on yourself, which is why we're going to emphasize the things she did for herself to be ready to even acknowledge these wounds and traumas that maybe might've been caused by how her family members showed up, which I think of some situation like that could be really awkward. Like it might not turn out beautifully. And I mean, thankfully for her, it didn't turn out unbeautifully. (laughs) Um, So let's kind of like start, like I want to hear from you. I've talked about my psilocybin retreats and Mm. we've traveled to many dimensions together. (laughs) Um, So I want to hear like, what was kind of your beginning? I know this, but this is for listeners. Um, with plant medicine, your relationship to it? Did you view it as a drug? Were you scared of it? If you were, what made you switch into even going into this kind of journey of it last year? Mm. Yeah, I have been, you know, listening to podcasts for a really long time since, you know, if you listen to that episode, like back when I was, you know, in my cubicle in New York City, like listening to these personal growth and development and spiritual podcasts, And I remember hearing about ayahuasca journeys Mm. and when they started to become more, you know, well-known and especially in the States, like people, you know, having, not having to go to foreign countries to have these Mm. experiences. This is maybe in like 2010 or 2011 that I started hearing about it. And I was always curious and kind of like talked to different people about ayahuasca and like, you know, really it, it, piqued my interest for a very long time. Did you know many people who did ayahuasca in 2010? No, just (laughs) these kind of like podcast people and um, spiritual 
you know, people that I looked up to mm. that were starting to explore plant medicine. And it was still, I think, really, um, I don't know, I guess, looked down upon. Taboo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still a little, I don't think I'm ready for ayahuasca quite yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. And I, have, I haven't done ayahuasca since, but um, it just got me really interested in, like, plant medicine and what it can do for our minds, for our psyche, for our healing. Mm. Um, and so that kind of stuck with me and I have done psilocybin before, you know, recreationally in college, I think. Yeah. Not like uh, large amounts or microdosing? One large amount and then a couple of microdosing because I just wasn't quite ready to like, Mm. you know, release control. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was afraid. (laughs) Yeah. So I had my first like full on experience and it was a little too intense for me at the time And, and it was in the city that that in Providence, Rhode Island, that I took it, and so... That sounds um, very overstimulating. Yeah, it wasn't really, like, <laughs> the best journey. Um, and then I've been hearing more and more about, um, you know, plant medicine going mainstream, and so earlier, I think in end of 2020, beginning of 2021, I started microdosing and exploring, building a relationship with psilocybin, um, you know, maybe three to five times a week microdosing like an on and off situation Mm -hmm. and I have tried experimented with different protocols you know for anxiety or for creativity and things like that when you though let's pause there because I don't think a lot of people if they're unfamiliar with uh psilocybin um just to three days on and then three days off sort of thing Mm -hmm. and it's like usually like somewhere like 0.05 to 0.1 so you don't feel anything you can operate but a lot of people have found relief for it for anxiety and I think one of those I think it was US Newsweek or something like that that had Mm -hmm. the actual mushrooms on it and I think that's what they were experimenting with did you personally find relief um with uh microdosing with whatever you were trying to find relief with like say for example anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely felt um I think I had kind of this like numb feeling of like you know during the pandemic Mm. I'm sure a lot of people can Mm -hmm. relate of like what is happening like feels like everything's mundane nothing's exciting Mm. I still kind of um, feel that sometimes. Yeah. And so, Is that depression? <laughs> I would say that's mild depression. Yeah. And, you know, some anxiety about the state of the world and my life and business and all the things. So, like, that was a little bit of, of what I was seeking really from. But I also wanted to just spark my passion again mm-hmm. and my creativity and, like, create for myself and also for my business and the world, like, what felt like it was the next step of my evolution um I like that you bring up creativity because I always feel like sometimes like these medicines are like how can I like fix something about me whereas like it can also be viewed as a way to elevate Mm -hmm. where like looking at from that lens of like creation because yeah. it does make you like look at even just certain situations in your life where you can create a whole new reality by viewing in a whole different lens from this little tiny dose. Mm-hmm. And that's, I noticed that a lot at first, like responding to emails in like from this new mm. lens kind of of like, wow, I, 
I have a totally different solution for this situation mm. or a totally different approach to this person that used to annoy me. <laughs> yeah, it just like brings out something mystical and exciting and like creating new pathways for mm. your brain. Okay, so you had that experience going into it. So then last year, um, when you started the journey process of, and when I say journey, I mean like the more like healing container where you have someone there that is holding space for us. There's actually two women that hold space for us, um, and other couples and individuals on this journey. Um, and it's over a weekend, but you only do it one day. Um, what was, I know you brought your partner, mm-hmm. Jeremy, um, what led you to that point to be like, okay, I'm ready to take this micro dosing journey to the next level? Was it just again pure curiosity? Was there what was your intention actually for that first journey? Um, I think it, like part of my inspiration was like knowing that you had worked with these women mm-hmm. and trusted them um, because I had seen a lot of different facilitators out there and I mm-hmm. just didn't know who I would like be comfortable letting go with Mm -hmm. and holding space for me because I you know had a feeling that a lot of stuff was going to come up Mm -hmm. a lot of shadow and healing and so that was part of the inspiration for me to plan that journey was knowing that these people were reputable and you had a great experience and um, the other part was I was going through some challenge with my partner at the time and I wanted same <laughs> a safe space like something to really bring us together mm. or show us you know it, how to go forward yeah how to mm. separate in a healthy way you know mm. um, luckily we're still together and mm. everything worked out but it um, it really did open up our relationship mm. to a whole new level too it's so crazy like we're talking about this and like I feel like we're in a totally different reality like both of us like individually in our partnerships maybe even in business like like then we were and that was last June like I think back to that time and it was a pretty dark time for me personally and I think Mm -hmm. too like there's just so much up in the air that I'm like that was less than a year ago it's so crazy and I had literally gotten in a car accident like a few weeks before too was that that before Mm -hmm. so I was feeling so fragile and like I believe everything's divinely orchestrated Mm -hmm. so that my issues with my partner like all these things making me feel Mm -hmm. unsafe and then the medicine like had a lot to work with (laughs) I almost didn't do medicine that journey Mm -hmm. um okay so when you were obviously like your partner agreed and it was a positive outcome for you guys to move forward and then you've done other journeys since then even from maybe that first journey or the second or the third like what were like some like pivotal things that came up that like obviously we're leading in the direction of what led you to eventually doing this with your parents but what were like the pivotal things that you're like now when I look back in hindsight these were the things I had to work through for myself so that I could eventually do this in my family unit Mm, I love that question and it's yeah bringing me actually more awareness now the first journey was all about inner child for me Mm, and like (laughs) like I was um 
crying for a majority of the journey, like mourning, grieving my childhood. And like, I had a, in many ways a beautiful upbringing, but there were parts of me that just craved this like motherly love mm-hmm. and this like fatherly stability that I never had. And this, I, I guess I felt really alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I experienced on that journey of like, mm-hmm. kind of, reckoning Mm -hmm. (laughs) understanding all the things that I never received Mm -hmm. and not from a place of like you know like yeah but more like wow I never really honored myself for like desiring these things Mm. I can think to like a pivotal moment and I think we even like acknowledged it in the present moment of it happening but we were coloring I think and one of the hosts or the what would you call them sitters i don't like that word (laughs) guides let's say guides came and like gave us watermelon juice like freshly made watermelon juice guys and like we there were no cares or worries in the world and we just colored by this little pond and i remember you saying like i never had this as a kid and i'm like me either like is this what childhood was supposed to Mm. feel like and i hate that word supposed to but like what you maybe when you idealize like being a parent like you hope to provide that like it's safety mm-hmm. of like I can just focus on making this artwork and like all of my needs will be met I don't have to have these like background like stressors that when as an adult you look back and you're like I was always worried about that mm-hmm. thing what was that for you like the thing that you were like almost like on edge with that you couldn't fully let go and receive mom's love or dad's mm-hmm. security um I was always on edge because my older brother had a lot of like mm. behavioral issues or, or looking back like this is my you know the lens that I look at mm-hmm. through now it's like I never felt safe to claim my needs because yes. he had so many yeah I see that so much with clients yeah yeah and so I learned that like having no needs was how I would receive love it's like if I could mm. fulfill my own mm needs and just resentment I was a good girl yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah my parents loved me because I didn't put any more pressure on on them yeah and then when we get older and we're like why isn't this person understanding me and like seeing me and it's like well maybe I'm not communicating or even showing that love for that side of me that lacked that or needs that or acknowledging and being fully aware of it mm-hmm. how could that person ever fulfill that if I'm not even aware of it yeah that gap absolutely yeah learning our own like what what did I actually desire then I didn't even know I don't think I don't think I still (laughs) safety (laughs) um okay so you that you did two more journeys any other things that like popped up like you went through like this inner child healing Mm, yeah the third journey or the second journey was in September mm-hmm. oh, we traveled to another dimension yeah, that was an amazing <laughs> one and I remember um like thank god we have people there to reflect back what we're doing like did we really or were we going crazy yeah we did guys <laughs> but I do remember one of the guides telling me I had access like I, I can't remember how she put it but essentially my inner brat 
Mm. Like this bratty side of I me. remember that. I do. <laughs> and not in a negative way of ju- just like claiming what I needed. Mm. Of like, yeah, I want this. Nope, not that. Yeah. Like, you know, just being very um, discerning and mm. communicative of what I desired. And that's extremely rare for me. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. Like, you, you brought me something I didn't want. <laughs> I'll drink that. So the opposite of the first one mm-hmm. where it was like, oh, wow, this is new, and I'm kind of, like, not sure. Like, wow, discovering you had the needs, and then now, like, claiming ownership of the Mm -hmm. needs. Yes. Unapologetically. Yes. What is, I wonder, we should look this up, what the definition of a brat even is. Mm -hmm. Because I hate that terminology, but... Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So then, okay, you went from, like, owning your needs, and then... December was the final journey. What was the other thing that came up? That was a lot of shadowy stuff. Yeah, December. Triggering. Mm -hmm. But by that point, you had already decided you were doing this journey. Yeah, I had already planned it. With your family. So it felt like that one, there was less, you know, I wasn't like going through a sequence of like childhood, adolescence, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that type of thing. Um. I, I remember, like, the biggest part of that journey was, like, learning, understanding, or I guess my big aha was understanding, like, how to let go and call in or receive at the same time. Mm. That was, like, I remember having this moment, like, when Just I closed that. my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> when I was, you know, deep in my journey, laying mm-hmm. down with my eyes closed, I was like, okay, no, why? I had to have this journey. Mm. And the medicine showed me this kind of, like, hand that was letting go, like, releasing to the ground and, like, receiving at the same time. And the message was, like, you have to learn to, you know, release before knowing what's coming in. Mm. I literally thought that this morning. Really? Yeah, and I was, I did, I paid for a bill that I was like well I'll just wait until like I get my client's money on this date and I was like no I know that money is coming why can't I just trust that it will Mm -hmm. be replaced with even more sorry go on no that's okay it's and that's come up for me a few times and I know that I've I've done that in a couple of really big ways in my business but I think I've kind of like lost that um awareness of like that's literally how I manifest what and maybe everyone I don't know Mm. but that's how I'm able to bring in like new creation into my life is to be able to let go without knowing what's coming in when what is the catalyst that allows you to do that successfully versus the times that are like oh let me just squeeze and hold and pinch at everything because I can't trust that moment like what is present in your life Mm -hmm. for you to do that um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, let me just talk through this yeah, one situation yeah. that I'm thinking of is during the pandemic when I knew, um, our former space sojourn, I knew I was going to release it. I didn't want to renew there, um, because for many reasons, but I had to, you know, let them know that I wasn't going to be renewing the lease or extending or anything. And it was during the pandemic. We didn't know when we were reopening. And I, you know, had to make that decision. And my whole body, like, didn't want to make that decision. So it was like, we'll have nowhere to go. That's how I feel 
like, what are we going to do? Yeah, it's actually very appropriate for what you're going through. And literally, I emailed the property management. And um, within a couple of days, I want to say it was the next day, but it was like a couple of days, my accountant let me know of this new space where she used to practice. It was formerly a yoga studio, and they uh, had to move out. Mm. And she let me know about that space, and I wouldn't have to do a build-out or anything like that. It was fully available, and I went and saw it, and that was it. And was it almost like it was seamless, like as if like it was planned that mm-hmm. way. Exactly. Oh, I love when that happens. Yeah, and it's it's those I think it's when really big situations like that happen that we like what you're going through mm-hmm. now, you have no choice but to trust mm-hmm. that it's all working out for you. Mm-hmm. Like otherwise what are we going to do cause our own suffering which we do enough of mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> what do you think though like in situations where you've not done that where you we're stuck in the reality of now versus like I almost like putting these blinders on and thinking, okay, I could create so much more if I trust. What's the difference there? Like what stops you usually? And then like, do you get confirmation of that? Mm. We're, we're talking manifestation now. <laughs> I know, we're totally different subject. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that kind of happened with this place, mm. my, the house that we're in yeah. now, which is my current home. And I left, like, a manifestation that I had before, this little cottage that I, you know, left a relationship, moved into the space that I believe I manifested Mm. in Mission Hills, which was, like, unheard of place to rent Mm -hmm. a little cottage. And so I was leaving that with my partner, and there was so much, like, fear and anxiety around um, releasing that, not knowing what we were having and or what we were moving into. And we, I felt really desperate and scarce, and there weren't options, and dealing with somebody else's energy who Mm -hmm. felt the same way and so we I don't believe the universe met us because we were so scarce Mm -hmm. and and now we're in a place that's great and it's fine but it's like not what I you know had hoped it would create for you yeah yeah for reference I it is we're recording this on February 11th and as of March 1st I have nowhere to live (laughs) but you're we're talking about this and I'm like oh okay like it's a I can choose to re-extend my lease where I don't want to be in a one-bedroom running a business from like it's not ideal or I can really trust in the next um 20-ish days that something will come up Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah okay I'm not extending (laughs) (laughs) we just solved Nia's problem (laughs) next (laughs) Um, okay, so back to you. Um, let, very quickly, let's talk about it, uh, before we dive into, like, obviously the journey and, um, the details of what came up. What was your pre-existing relationship with your family? Obviously, they knew at some point last year that you were doing these journeys and you were receiving so much healing and there were all these beautiful and powerful and transformative moments and experiences. At what point were you like, A, let's do this together and B, like, how was that presented? Like, what was the pre-existing relationship with him? 
Um, I actually, after the first journey where I experienced all of that, you know, inner child stuff, I actually called my mom and talked to her about mm. it. And That's brave. I know. <laughs> I felt, like, really strongly that I had... I, I didn't tell her, you know, all the things that I didn't receive. You suck. Like, you, you didn't let me color me. Give me watermelon juice. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, like, told her that I kind of, you know, learned to reparent myself and, like express my needs mm-hmm. and you know have know what it's like to have my needs fulfilled and you know just talk to her about the journey how healing it was for me and um she you know definitely piqued her interest mm-hmm. um she has had, she done it before no no she's never i mean she's maybe smoked weed like once or twice but doesn't like it um and she has had a friend that uh, did a plant medicine ceremony so it wasn't like completely new to her Mm -hmm. but um, I definitely didn't see her you know wanting to do it Mm -hmm. it just kind of piqued her interest and was like well I'm so curious like where this is going to lead you and Mm -hmm. that type of thing and so she had no stigma toward it like and some parents might be like oh my god you're doing drugs like you're going to become an addict no, she it's like at that heroin. Point, <laughs> at that point, she didn't. She is sort of aware that it is, you know, happening Medicinal, in the spiritual yeah. community. And mm-hmm. but she did have a lot of questions about like, well, what makes a journey different than like doing it recreationally, and mm-hmm. you know those types mm-hmm. of questions. Yeah. Um. So it, yeah, it, it was definitely like she had to sort through her mm-hmm. inner mind, like to make it appropriate. Or <laughs> and I assume there's some level of trust that like she's witnessed your healing journey thus far like you're not someone that like plays with those things just for like the fuck's sake of it yeah oh let's try drugs and not that i consider it a drug in that way but like just to like roll with it or whatever Mm. the terminology shroom in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't think she saw that as my current path maybe back in the day <laughs> um okay so then mom dad and your siblings and my brothers yeah. yeah so it didn't come up for until after my second journey with everyone else or even with my mom that this could be an option um but i think i told her i had the idea during our second journey of like wouldn't it be cool if like <laughs> my family did this um and I, I proposed it to my mom. I was like, do you think like we could do this as a family? Or you and I could do this? Or um, whatever. And she was, you know, kind of sat with it for a little while. And was like, I think, you know, if we can get all the guys into it. I have two brothers and my dad. Um, like, I think we should try. Mm-hmm. And so by that time, she was, like, excited about, you know, the option mm-hmm. like well she could have even joined one you know yeah. if they said no and I think she probably would have on mm-hmm. her own um and then I went to my brothers both live in Austin and my parents actually just bought a condo there and we all went out in or we all were there in October and that's when like my mom and I kind of called a family meeting <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is kind of what we want to do together um, and the night before we had had, you know, a really healing conversation 
over some drinks, of course. <laughs> but um, my little brother started opening up about some things from childhood and whatnot. And I kind of like knew this conversation was coming the next day. Mm. And I was like, wow, I think... You guys are in alignment yeah, for yeah, this. Yeah. Maybe that's a good sign. Was there any initial resistance from anyone, the guys? Um, my dad just had no idea what it was <laughs> and like what he was saying yes to. Um, he kind of, like if everyone else bought in, he would buy in. Mm. And my older brother kind of, you know, thought that I just wanted to do drugs with my family mm-hmm. and kind of like poked fun at it a little bit. But once I was able to really explain what had happened on my previous journeys and um, how much trust I have in these facilitators and, like, helping us create an experience that would be really healing, um, they were all in. It's also nice, too, that, like, I mean, the two women that supported you through this, I didn't know your family you know so it's like completely neutral party so if there had been difficulties or challenges or arguing which I don't ever see that being a thing on a journey but Mm -hmm. if anything negative came up a they would be able to support it but not have any biases because the only person they really knew was you Mm -hmm. yeah um did that, like, on that note, like, did that make your family feel less or more comfortable that only you knew them? Um, I don't know. I would guess that my brothers felt more comfortable knowing that Jeremy, my partner, mm. had had an experience with them. I don't know that for a fact, but I kind of assume it. Like, it's, it's safe for him, mm-hmm. and they know him, and, mm-hmm. you know, trust and like him. So I think that made a big difference of, like, it's not just this crazy thing that my spiritual sister is yeah, doing. Yeah, like, it's know? not, like, going to be this weird, ungrounding experience mm-hmm. where it's floofy and these people are going to be shaking rattles, <laughs> which they do, actually. <laughs> but, like, this, like, how the, what's the word, um, stereotypical thing that mm-hmm. you maybe see on television or something. Right. Okay. That I could see that from a guy's point of view. I feel like a lot of men feel that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, but what it's am I getting into. Yeah, like are all the men gonna be like looking like Jesus Christ with crystal necklaces, yeah. <laughs> making me dance in the middle <laughs> of the circle? Yeah. Okay, so with your parents and your siblings feeling comfortable. Um, we should mention that when you do a plant medicine journey and a, I guess, more formal setting, if you want to call it that, versus on your own, on your couch or in a hotel room, um, you set some sort of intention going into and experiencing the medicine. With that being said, did your family and you have a collective intention or did you guys go in with individual intentions? Um, Kind of a combination. So we did a planning call with our facilitators um, where we kind of talked about um, from each of our perspectives, like what our intention was for the family. And then if we also had an individual intention and kind of the consensus from that call, um, what everybody agreed on is that we wanted to go beneath the surface mm-hmm. of our relationships and um, like our family uh, relates 
to each other often around alcohol. Mm. So like, I think that's so common. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we love to throw back some drinks together, like make fun of each other. We use sarcasm as a mm. way of like mm. like showing how much we love each other <laughs> in a really like messed up way kind of. Um so there there's a lot that's just kind of like touching the surface and we don't necessarily talk about our hopes and our dreams and like how things have impacted us from our upbringing mm-hmm. and you know like if anyone I'm the one that kind of like stirs the pot mm-hmm. with those sort of questions and um so yeah that was that was our collective intention then we each had kind of something personal either related to that or like just for our own lives so when you say like going beneath the surface kind of like peeling back the layers so you're saying in some way like connecting on a level in which you're not poking fun mm-hmm. yeah like we I think did what, it need something different for everyone um maybe but we we kind of all had this um experience over the holidays this past year um of like feeling like it sounded like we all felt like we left you know our christmas family gathering feeling kind of like you know we're just doing the same old thing like we have the same patterns of like Mm -hmm. drinking and we all leave kind of feeling like that was great but kind of burnout and we didn't really connect that well you Mm -hmm. know and so this year it seemed like particularly my dad um, kind of got upset about this this year, which was very unusual because he's often the one that's kind of like instigating the like party mode. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was it was just like we had already signed up for the journey. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that have never been on one before, like don't know this very often, like after you, right after you sign up for it, like the medicine is already yes. working. Yes. And so I think that was a big part of it that like made everyone uncomfortable because that was what we needed to work on. Mm. And when that like your dad was kind of like upset by kind of like doing the same old blase thing for the holidays, did you have a realization like, oh, this is already like playing its role within him? Mm. Um I kind of, I had an awareness of like, you know, this maybe, might be. The, mm-hmm, like uh-huh. this is probably perfect timing and, um, side note, my parents are also s- selling their farm of 22 years, like where mm. we grew up and, um, my dad hates change. Mm. And so this is happening kind of like around the holidays as well. And they didn't, they don't have a place to move to. And so it's like really bringing up these like deep triggers within my dad and really my whole family of like having to say goodbye to this place that we grew up. And then the farm animals too. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. The llamas. And really like all the growth and um, things that we went through at that property losses. Mm. Like we lost my grandparents and like other relatives and. Um, so I viewed it as kind of this culmination of like everything that happened in the t- last 22 years, kind of like closing a chapter and starting mm. a new one. Yeah, that's the first thought that comes into my mind as an outsider of like you're ending this this like era or this way of being coexisting together as a family unit like say we'll call it like your soulmates like you're now going into this new dynamic with each other. Um, and I guess we'll talk more about that when we talk about the integration and what came up in the actual journey. Cause 
you saying that leads me to believe that that is what happened, like shedding of old patterns and layers with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, so are, do you care to share what your individual intention was? It was very much related to, you know, the going beneath the surface, like just having deeper, um, connection with each of my family members Mm -hmm. and, um, like for the long run, really, like not just like having these little spurts of like a vulnerable moment, Mm -hmm. but like really shifting the way that we relate to each other. Mm. Now, when you talk about how like, oh, the way we bonded was like poking fun at each other, like would it be an uncomfortable situation for you in the past to have like maybe cried in front of your family and shared like how you were struggling during any time in life like was that something that was like well give us context of like your layer of like being vulnerable with your parents like what felt safe and what didn't Mm. and how has that changed yeah um really most uncomfortable emotions are pushed beneath the surface Mm. in my family unit to kind of like preserve and protect the dynamic Mm. um like the way your family is perceived is that what you mean uh, or has each individual yeah, and ha- and how we perceive each other, too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, just the way that I grew up, like, my parents would always fight, like, in private quarters. And, like, we were never really aware of it. We could always feel it energetically that something was off. But mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of an example of, like, what we took on, too, is, like, oh, it's not appropriate to have, like, these deep emotions and anger or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever in front of the rest of the family or anyone for that matter as you say that my my you might see my facial expression but like my wheels are spinning because i'm like that could like pay play a lot of um like role even then if like you were with a partner that has like very comfortable expressing their emotions i wonder if that would like understanding the dynamic of how their parents argued mm. or how they dealt with conflict because from my point of view like I'm like, I knew everything like in terms of drama or arguing with parents and family members. And I'm someone who's like very comfortable expressing Mm -hmm. like all range of emotions. Like nothing was ever hidden Mm -hmm. except a lot was, but, and I think of my husband where I was like the same dynamic. Yeah. I can totally (laughs) see that now that we're talking about it. Like, um, you, when we're all hanging out, like have no problem, like bringing up (laughs) shit between you two. Whereas, like, he's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, I don't want to talk about this in front of other people. And then uh, Jeremy, my partner, and I are like, are kind of like, you know, less like more discreet about it. Like, like we probably won't air our laundry in front of. Which see, I need a balance. Yeah, (laughs) like it sounds like we both need some middle ground. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't air my laundry. Um. Okay. So set the intentions and then this happened right after the holidays so Mm -hmm. we're going into like mid in january and venus retrograde Mm. (laughs) i learned after the fact that was when it went in uh like went retrograde i guess is that the terminology yeah i don't know the exact dates offhand but i know that our journey happened like the last weekend of Mm. venus retrograde which is you know, when, to my understanding, you're kind of combing through relationships from the Mm. past and, like, kind of resolving things that were left unresolved. Ooh. 
now I'm thinking. Isn't Venus too like, like the sensual has something to do with like sensuality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, love and um, pleasure, connection, and, mm-hmm. probably too. Okay, so where was the journey held? Like, was it at your home? Was it uh, like in a place where all of you could convene? Like, how did you set up this whole thing? Like, you obviously had the facilitators. Mm -hmm. So we decided to do it in uh, Austin, outside of Austin, Texas, where my brothers live and my parents recently um, bought a condo so they can be closer so that's kind of like a new home base yeah and we could kind of plan it like i would really be the only one and the facilitators traveling in so Mm -hmm. it seemed more convenient um and yeah we wanted to have a property that felt really comfortable and so our home doesn't really have enough space and and also maybe neutral territory yeah Instead of, like, doing it in your childhood bedroom. Yeah, that might have brought up some more trauma. That would have been interesting. Okay, so give us the details on the nitty-gritty, as much as you'd like, obviously, of the actual journey, like, the layout of it, like, how many days did you do the plant medicine? Was it um, all-day thing? Or start from the beginning. You all convened together, Mm -hmm. and then... We all got together uh, around 5 p.m. on Friday night, and we started with um, dinner, and um, the facilitators just kind of, like, getting to know us. Uh, Well, they already knew me, but, (laughs) you know, getting to know kind of the dynamic in the family, and... um, Well, even, like, you interacting with Mm -hmm. your family. Like, I'm sure that added a whole new layer for them as the facilitators. Yeah, I think they got to see, like, why I am certain Mm. ways and um, brought a lot of awareness. Yeah. Like, also, too, like, how you act when you're most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said she, uh, one of them said that they could see, like, you know, why I am with Jeremy. (laughs) You know, based on, like, how I interact with my brothers and... Oh, enlighten me. What was there? (laughs) What does that mean? Um, So I'm sure most people are probably familiar with like you kind of date your father or Mm -hmm. like marry your father, some aspect of them. And in my case, it was really like my brothers, like Jeremy represents like, you know, this dynamic that I have with my brothers. Mm. Um. I've never taken it to like I've heard like you date your father, mm-hmm. and I've always like I date the opposite of my father. But now my like wheels are spinning too. Like that's interesting. Like your siblings, but it's like still male energy. You know, like the most like closest relationships you have when you're younger. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. So your brothers are similar to Jeremy. Yeah, particularly my older brother. Um, oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I'm like whoa. Um, uh, so you have dinner. Do you do anything special on the first day? Like, is this when you do the plant medicine or was that reserved for another night? Um, the majority of the journey was the second, uh, day, the Saturday. Um, we did on the first night do DMT, which is a, a very, um, sort of quick experience, um, where you, smoke this pen of DMT and it usually lasts like somewhere between five and ten minutes 
um, you tend to get a lot of visuals or, you know, one might get visuals. You might, uh, like, for example, my mom didn't have really any visual experience. Hmm. Um, my dad fell asleep quite literally. Like he went into REM sleep. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, isn't it, we make our own DMT, right? That's Mm -hmm. how I understand. I've never done just straight up DMT, um, I don't um, like smoking things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, you can, re- your brain can release DMT during breath work. Okay, like I've heard in, that. Intense breath work. And to my understanding, it's also the chemical that's released right before you die. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I wonder too if it's like you're able to access like the afterlife with DMT. Mm, yeah. Like I, most of like what what did you see? What do you see on your experiences? I've had a few experiences with it. Um, there was one time that I saw you know kind of like gold and black imagery, mm-hmm. and it was very similar to like ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. and I was seeing like these figurines and these. Um, shapes that you know Mm. looked very much like egypt um do you ever see like my husband's described that he sees like sacred geometry mm -hmm. and like almost like matrix looking like like there's more than what's in this room exactly and i understand what he's saying but i'm like i can't it's does my brain my mind can't wrap around like how you could see that mm-hmm. with your eyes closed. Yeah, and you, I've definitely seen like fractals before, sacred geometry, just kind of like spinning like in and out of your vision or your closed eye vision, mm. third eye vision. Um, one of the times that I did DMT, I like just had a feeling of like pure relaxation and bliss and I didn't have visuals. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, one of those things where it gives you what you, you need. need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel anything physically when you take DMT or is it just a completely visual experience? Um, you do f- or I do feel um they have you start seated mm-hmm. where you inhale the mm-hmm. DMT and then you slowly like they kind of <clears throat> excuse me, help you as you recline back and and you're in like laying down shavasana Mm -hmm. position so you do feel kind of like this lightheaded sensation and just like you want to lie back um other than that like maybe some tingling in the face or Mm. you know like around the temples but that's the extent of like what i felt and then you wake up really or not wake up come out of it really naturally kind of like it just wears off after five minutes or so the visual kind of like fade away mm-hmm. at that point okay yeah. um and i'm gonna guess family had not experienced that ex- with dmt mm-hmm. no one had experienced okay. that before other than me and they were fans <laughs> or um, no yeah dad fell asleep dad <laughs> who doesn't asleep. like falling asleep <laughs> he fell asleep yeah we just watched him sleep <laughs> Um, my mom had kind of like a frustrating experience of mm. like she was trying too hard and Ooh. she had this like feedback from it like am I doing this right like why am I not seeing anything and mm. and so I think the message for her was kind of like you know she she needed to let go of the reins mm. and oh I control. really care mom so bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then my older brother had a really incredible like visual experience um it was kind of like a circus. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and apparently that's like 
DMT land is like very much like a, a circus experience. Ooh. <laughs> that gives me a heebie-jeebies a little bit. <laughs> um, so you have this DMT experience and then like you kind of keep the evening light, I'm guessing, if mm-hmm. like you have the journey prepared for the next day, the yeah. actual journey. Yeah, we really just kind of hung out the rest of the night. Um, uh, everyone shared their experience on DMT and yeah, just kind of chatting and then we went to bed. Do you think by that point um, any layers had been peeled back, even if just like a little one that you had this little medicine experience underneath your belt and you were in the energy of this sacred container if you will uh, something completely new um had that like loosened up the reins or was there still maybe a little bit of like discomfort as you before you went in there Mm. I think um I think everyone was kind of starting to you know bond a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, especially like them my whole family not knowing the facilitators Mm -hmm. like I was starting to see like comfort and trust and Mm -hmm. like you know, kind of like sinking into the experience, mm. which was helpful. Yeah. As I say that, I'm like, that's, it's just so wild that the people we're closest to sometimes we're so closed off or it's like so painful or uncomfortable and awkward to be close with them in that way. But there's like this knowingness that I'm here for you and you're here for me, but we just don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. We don't do it in that way or like, yeah, it's just a total totally different way of like relating even though these are the people you come from and grew up with (laughs) like I wonder that feels like such a a heavy universal experience for a lot of people like have you ever like thought and maybe this is just like off the cuff here but like why that is or like was there something that like you could think of like with your parents background why they might have like like or even just the energy of everyone interacting together that that why that might have been for you guys like it is for most people Mm. um i think we just kind of developed these like relationship muscles of Mm. like this is how muscles i like that one (laughs) this is like how i relate to you and how i show up for you and um it's just like the repetition of doing it that Mm. makes it like a program like a condition conditioning of um each person to the other and like i i think over time like if you have different experiences like outside the norm with certain family members or whatever like that can kind of like shift and change Mm -hmm. the dynamic which of course like a medicine journey (laughs) drastically changes things but um but yeah i think i believe that like there is that conditioning that's like you're trying to get back to that way of like that's comfortable and that you Mm. like know and feel safe and so even when you have those profound more profound experiences you have to like kind of fight to integrate them and really like hold yourself accountable for you know carving these new like pathways in your brain of like because it still takes work like after Mm -hmm. i think that's like a huge common misception is like people who are maybe have seen articles about how psilocybin treats depression and like 
ketamine does this for like people with bipolar or depressive episodes it's like you still have to integrate and we'll get into integration in a second but you still have to like put these practices in place like this isn't just like there's nothing there's not one thing that's going to cure everything because it's accumulation of little things that have created that the issue the wound the challenge yeah it's just it's not a, a quick fix and mm-hmm. there's it usually opens up some more things totally. that you need to work on mm-hmm. okay so day of journey comes and then how do you wake up feeling like because we've been on journey together and it's it's i'm nervous you know but i feel like if i woke up knowing that like i was waking up with my family and i was gonna dive into this uncomfortable space i would like have my stomach flipping <laughs> yeah actually the morning of was okay for me like I felt it was kind of like Christmas morning with anxiety (laughs) you know (laughs) but what was really I didn't touch on this the day before but there was a lot of like tension and anxiety and conflict that came Mm. up Friday afternoon um like before we got there and like I I knew it was like resistance Mm -hmm. (laughs) my own resistance but also like what were were the the things you were like in short like the theme of the things like um you were mad or frustrated because what because I had to help coordinate Mm -hmm. where my fam my parents dogs were going and at the last minute my older brother's dog and this responsibility kind of like I kind of Mm. like kind of took it on like offering like I had a friend that could help take care of them and then at the last minute my brother needed someone and so it was kind of like this I had all this responsibility Mm. and communication that came up of like why am I doing this and then I also had a sick dog at home Mm -hmm. that I'm having to coordinate with my dog sitter and so it was like all these things related to like dogs but it was really (laughs) reflecting like I took on this responsibility that I didn't want to Mm. and do you find that in the past when you look back that this was a role that you might have assumed more responsibility than was intended for you yes absolutely Mm -hmm. it was just like trying to make sure everything was peaceful and good and there was the least amount of resistance possible when in reality it caused like the most and caused Mm -hmm. like some little arguments and it was just like leading up to actually getting there like the moment we arrived on the property I like saw the facilitators and just broke down because my Mm. dog was sick and I was so tired of this Mm. and um yeah I I think it was like half relief and half like I'm just already so burnt out (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's it reminds me of this quote it's like worry uh, is responsibility that God did not intend for you Mm. and so when it starts feeling heavy you can start to understand like oh, I'm doing more than I I really need to be. And I think too, like what maybe you could relate to this is like when you're the one being the cycle breaker in your family and showing your family these new ways of being, whether it's just through your habits, beliefs, and how you show up in the dynamic or um, them asking you for support in that way, like it can feel like all of the pressure is on you and that you have to be the one guiding it when it's like, that's actually not the child's role at all in the family mm-hmm. unit, even though you're an adult. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that was definitely kind of a theme and a pattern that I'm unraveling still like after the journey. Like even like in your own personal life, you could think of ways too. like as a business owner, I'm sure there are ways that like there is worry or responsibility that you might be carrying from mm-hmm. like 
team members or where your energy is leaking. Mm-hmm. I saw this like Instagram quote the other day that was like, I'm no longer taking responsibility for capable adults. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus like, Christ, oh. yes. <laughs> yeah. No shit. That seems pretty simple if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so you, with that, like in like the background of, okay, now I get to kind of in some way like process and digest this information or this insight of, okay, I'm carrying too much responsibility and I get to be almost like held and seen by these facilitators in the unit and I don't have to be the one holding everybody up. I can understand why there was that um, energy of relief. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do any type of ritual or any um, fun experiences leading up to opening the circle for uh, the plant medicine journey? Yeah, we um, we did. We had um, Adrian, who's an astrologer. One of the facilitators is an astrologer. Um, really wonderful um, guide in that way. And she had run a, a chart on the whole family and mm. kind of spoke to um, each of us individually and kind of like gave us a, a brief, you know, breakdown of like you know, these patterns and traits and, and mm. whatnot from the lens of astrology, and then also patterns within the family as mm. a whole. And one thing that, I mean, there was, it was about two hours that we did that, yeah. um, but one thing that really stuck out, um, and we can, we'll probably get into this more later, is um, my, both of my parents have Libra moons, and... Um, that kind of means Libra energy is is kind of like sweeping things under the rug, mm. avoiding conflict, preserving the peace. Mm. And so that's something we'll come back to, I'm sure, as we get further <laughs> into the journey. Um, but that was called out like, like pretty much right away of like that energy of, you know, um, if we pulled up a rug, there might be Some a secrets. lot under there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And so when you heard did you know your parents have had libra moons before this no i had never like looked up their charts mm-hmm. and then you're like oh gosh that's pretty spot on yeah <laughs> let's keep everything looking pretty mm-hmm. um and so okay so you have this like astrological understanding of each other was the energy for you shifting by this point like i had mentioned like sometimes even when i'm with friends doing journeys i get really nervous or have to go to the bathroom because I'm just processing information as I get closer and closer to the experience itself any of that like happening for you internally I mean you also mentioned that Wally your dog was sick so I'm sure like that added like a whole other layer to things as well like okay I set this experience aside months ago and then now I have to give all of it while this little being that's like my baby is um injured yeah how did you balance that um that was really challenging I I was trying to compartmentalize and Mm -hmm. kind of let go and trust that he would be fine uh with his sitter um but I learned sort of after that uh, astrology session that he definitely needed to go to, you know, emergency Mm. vet and probably get some x-rays and whatnot. So um, there was a lot of uh, balancing to kind of make that happen and make sure like 
the sitter had to go to work and then I had you watch him for a few hours and so just kind of like juggling last minute his care but it ended up you know working out the last Mm -hmm. second of like before we were going to go into the journey um I knew that he was taken care of and I could kind of finally let go and then so any visceral energy running through you like like nervousness you mentioned relief yeah definitely I mean there's I always feel anxiety too, mm-hmm. kind of this nerves going into it because you're stepping into the unknown. Um, but that honestly, that kind of like took my mind off it. I was more nervous about his care, mm-hmm. and so focusing on that for a little bit kind of like took my mind Grounded off of you. it. And I like didn't have a choice by the time mm-hmm. we were you know going into the journey. I, you know, was ready for it. Mm. Um, any, did you notice any, like, energy shift within your family members? Like, did anyone express, like, any hesitation or, like, I'm not sure I can do this? Or were they, like, getting nauseous or anything like that? No, they, they were, I think, from, from the outside, all, like, ready and excited and, if anything, like, wanted to do it sooner. <laughs> um, and were waiting on me <laughs> to get my dog situation settled. Um, but I did notice, or what we talked about after the astrology was kind of like, I was seeing each of them in a new way, which Mm. was really powerful. Like I finally understood like these traits that, um, each of them had, but like my older brother really was profound for me. Like the way, the reason why he is the way he is and, Mm. um, some of his deeper like emotions and drives and things Mm. like that really opened up this new perspective to see him Mm. um which is like that's not a simple thing like when we have like a family member like viewed in a certain way especially a sibling that you grew up with like they're they've always been that way Mm -hmm. and I had all these stories as to why and what was going on and like so to that was really like mind-blowing to Mm. me and I think each of them felt like so seen too Mm. just from that reading and um, it was a beautiful way to like go into the journey to understand each other more. And then, you know, hopefully through the medicine, we would open up even more. It even sounds like for anyone listening, that's like, okay, right now, like a medicine journey doesn't seem like in the cards for me and my family for whatever reason. Like if you could get like, even just like a few close family members for like some type of like astrological, like depiction of each person's chart and then how they kind of overlap together could be some medicine in some way absolutely yeah I would highly recommend that um just having like like a constellation of like how the family interacts and um you know she can even pull out these themes of like um how my parents parents showed up in their lives Mm. and then that brought even more awareness of like oh that's why you know my mom was, you know, so obedient and like mm-hmm. tried to, you know, make everything perfect and mm-hmm. and that was passed on to me. And so it was like this ancestral understanding as well mm-hmm. as, you know, just general kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't just arrive here like with mm-hmm. these patterns in place. Like they came from somewhere. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Uh, Adrian, who does the uh, astrological readings, like described it as if anyone, everyone always says that they want a blueprint for how their child will be once they come into the world. And she said that astrology can be that. 
um, blueprint for new parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to like run my newborn's chart. Like, (laughs) tell me what's going on. Um, But I never thought to do it in a family way. And I mean, she's really good. I've had a lot of like astrology, like related readings. And sometimes there's just lots of jargon that gets thrown around. And I'm just like, my house and what? Like, and she explains it in a way where you're like, oh my God, like she totally understands and sees me. So I could understand why your brothers felt that way. Mm-hmm. I can remember one time I did like, um, I don't think it was a forecast, but just like, like overview of like your chart. And she's like, what happened between the ages of 21 and 22? And like, like, and she's like something around this. And I'm like, how the fuck did she know? <laughs> like a blueprint for mm-hmm. my life, like two scene almost. <laughs> yeah. Her delivery is, is really mm-hmm. incredible. And I think what also made it really, um, you know, digestible for my family is, you know, she kind of looks at it through a lens of like psychology and like, mm-hmm. like personality understanding. So like my family isn't necessarily like into astrology, yeah, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like my dad probably like would never normally like. He doesn't look up his zodiac every week <laughs> on <Yeah>. mood omens. <laughs> like I think in the beginning he was kind of skeptical yeah, and then, like, like what <laughs> being able to be like fully seen and have those patterns picked out that are really validating mm-hmm. um, was incredible. Mm. That's such a nice way to open up a container that way, especially when it's these new family members. And as we had previously spoke about, it's like you were the only one that went in there like having some sort of relationship for her with her um or both of the uh hosts um so i like i said yeah i could definitely see why that would leave your brothers and family feeling like super seen mm-hmm. like oh she understands me mm-hmm. it probably was helpful for her too yeah <laughs> like what is she dealing with <laughs> right exactly like to kind of have some awareness of what might come up during yeah. the journey <laughs> Um, so, and like the journeys that we've done, we have like some type of circle where we declare the intention and we take the medicine. Mm -hmm. Was this the same for your family's journey? Um, we sort of did that earlier in the day, I think right after the astrology. So that was kind of the formal, like clarifying of intentions Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then, um... Yeah, we sort of went right into it um, in in the early afternoon. So you ingested the psilocybin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we drank it as a tea. Mm, that's my personal favorite way. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, and then about how long into that process where you're like, okay, things are shifting and I'm starting to see things through the eyes of the medicine mm. it was probably like 30 minutes or so and mm. it's it started kicking in for everyone and um you know there was this like open-hearted sensation mm. i think of everyone we were sitting under um i think an oak tree mm. and we had some blankets and just kind of like my mom and i were you know, almost cuddling, mm. <laughs> which is very unusual for us. Like, mm. we're not a touchy-feely family at all. <laughs> um, and my mom just, like, really wanted to connect. And um, so we're sitting under a tree. And Let's pause that for a moment. Like, as someone personally who has a mother wound, how did that feel for you? Like, 
and I don't know the specific dynamics of your relationship with your mom, but you mentioned that you're not cuddly and touchy-feely. Like, you wouldn't watch a Lifetime movie while eating popcorn, <laughs> I'm guessing, and, like, paint each other's toenails type relationship. So when she asks you to connect in that way, like, deeper, how, like, what came up? Um, I was really open mm-hmm. to it, and... Um, kind of like backtracks as well but like they the facilitators give you uh give everyone a mug at the Mm -hmm. beginning and they got one for my mom that said queen on it Mm. and throughout like the day and a half leading up to the journey they were kind of talking about this like queen energy of my mom not only as like the matriarch of the family but also through her astrology like she um i think has a leo rising or something like that and leo is like you know really embody that queen energy and so they were encouraging her to like get in touch with that and would your mom identify as a queen no like (laughs) i would think before this i would think like that would trigger her (laughs) you know like what are you talking about i'm not a queen um but she does have that energy of like you know she you you can tell or could tell before that like she is in a certain way but like kind of in a repressed way Mm -hmm. you know and so when the medicine kicked in she was embodying that and Mm. in what way and like kind of calling her children over to come and sit with her and like you know giving directions to you know what she wanted us to do and like really acting like a queen and and you were obedient like little children like this is my mother my queen Mm -hmm. Ooh, and it was beautiful to see her in that energy of like you know i've seen her kind of command from a place of like with an undertone of anger or resentment masculine energy Mm -hmm. of like like i need you to do this like nobody's showing up for me kind of with that energy she like she wouldn't really say that but um that's how we received it. It was just like, I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. it has that undertone of like... Commanding me instead of inviting me. Exactly. Like, you're clearly resentful. Like, why, mm. why would I want to do that? Um, so it was like from a really beautiful place of like asking things of us. Um, so that was really refreshing to witness and to be a part of. And um, it was really just cool to see her step into that energy. Now... <clears throat> when you say like okay you start to connect with your mother on a deeper level and that wasn't something you had done was there an awareness of like oh this is not how we act normally but like I feel a calling to definitely connect or was it just so natural um it was really natural honestly Mm. um yeah I think the ego just kind of like disappears yeah and um yeah just the energy kind of like moves in whatever way the medicine wants it to Mm. and so yeah we all kind of like received that from her of like what she wanted and needed and clearly that was like part of the medicine that Mm. that we needed to see like our mom like fully embodied and Mm. um you know operating from a place of like love and um like we wanted to be reverent of her Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. you know we wanted her to have that place in our family for so long you know that makes me think about how there's this and i'm not a parent and neither are you but there's this um i see it a lot on social media and like mom guilt Mm. where 
moms feel uh, guilty for essentially taking care of themselves or declaring their needs and always putting like their children's needs before their own and often I'm sure that can create a lot of like resentment or bitterness when like you have these like disobedient teenagers or toddlers acting like toddlers and maybe dad working endless hours and feeling unappreciated and then it feels like self-care is the last thing or like claiming that respect and that like deep embodiment of a balance of the masculine and feminine and it's like clearly you like just from you speaking like any mom listening to this should take it as like there's like a it goes far beyond me being perceived as selfish mm-hmm. like maybe it's selfish if you flip it like to think that like it's all about you in that perspective it's actually it creates like this deeper energy mm-hmm. like a thread i almost that loops everything back into you even how do I want to explain this where people can deeply understand it where it creates an effect on you where you then learn how to embody femininity exactly and I could totally like relate that to my life of like her when she's asking things of us that undertone of resentment or anger Mm. of us um like it could have been from anyone that Mm -hmm. like caused that or a combination of everyone like you know, not showing up for her, but it really comes down to her not showing up for herself Mm -hmm. and, like, having that self-care and respect and, you know, commanding it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely see that in my life. Like, I have taken on those traits of, like, you know, being naggy or resentful Mm -hmm. when I'm asking something of my partner or, like, someone close to me, like, in particular, and, like, usually I don't do that of just anyone but it's Mm -hmm. like we take things out on the people that are closest to us oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i do that a lot but that's such a beautiful example and maybe just like testament to like it's important that you claim that like reverence if you will Mm -hmm. um that that just kind of like got me thinking like something I will tuck in my my back pocket if you will uh, with one day when I'm a parent of like I'm sure it's easy to think like I have to do everything for their best interest and it's like you can't like run from a space of like emptiness mm-hmm. yeah and that was probably like one of the biggest takeaways of the journey is like that I and I believe my brothers too like we always wanted to see my mom in this light mm-hmm. in this like place where she like loved and respect herself and was filled up and open-hearted and um you know commanding of energy and you know she just like deserves that so much but she was operating from this lower Mm. you know frequency of that energy that makes me think like receiving is giving Mm. like that it's giving you like you receive something by her receiving something exactly yeah Mm is there's this I remember you posted this picture um from the journey on your Instagram and it was like your mom I think with her arm around you I think it was under the tree Mm -hmm. is this the scene you're talking about yes (laughs) I was so like emotionally moved by that picture like I could feel the love in that and so I'm glad you brought that up because it like shook me to my core like it felt like pure like mama bear and like pure just pure love Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I think, like, another layer to the journey, too, was, like, for me, I don't know if if everyone else took this away, too, but um, was around, like, feminine reclamation Mm. within the family Mm -hmm. because there's clearly, like, we're outnumbered by men, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, three men and two women, and my mom operating a lot in her masculine and me taking that on as well, like, there was just, there's so much masculine energy in my family unit and this was kind of like me seeing my mom filled up and being able to receive and Mm. having this queen energy like me feeling safe to step into my femininity Mm. and like lean on that like a permission slip yeah it was just kind of like this new energy and frequency that was like uh like shown to us Mm. so i'm curious like while this develops this energy this reconnection if you will what's going on with the boys like or dad specifically i'm I'm most Mm. curious about dad (laughs) he was um so my my dad and my older brother both have add Mm. um, adhd and my dad was you know from the moment that the medicine kicked in for him like really calm and really peaceful and you know, my mom kept commenting like, "Wow, my dad's name is George. George, you're so calm. Like this is amazing. He's sitting in this little like egg swing sort of thing right near us, and just kind of like observing and um, you know contributing here and there, but just like really peaceful and calm. Mm. I'm sure that felt good for him physically, like mm-hmm. having an ADH." background ADHD background yeah and I (laughs) experience in life like now that I'm thinking about it I think that probably contributed to my mom like Mm. you know stepping fully into her own feeling safe enough to do that Mm -hmm. yeah Mm. like oh he's he's at peace like my turn (laughs) yeah oh yes um okay keep going and (laughs) my brothers were you know just kind of like around like I don't know if this was exactly how it went, but it felt very much like my mom and I having this experience and Mm -hmm. we were kind of like the focus of Mm -hmm. that part of the journey. And they were around and they were interacting with each other. And there's this beautiful moment where um, one of the facilitators, Jen, was like showing us how, uh, showing the boys how to like have a heart hug, like Mm -hmm. hugging, going to the right side with your head. And like, so your actual hearts connect. Mm -hmm. And so it's a beautiful moment of like my one of my brothers, my dad hugging and like <laughs> just really there's so much connection and and love under that tree. It reminds me of uh, I'm not going to say names just in case people don't want to <laughs> like one of the guys that we've done the medicine journeys with and their dad was there and like just like witnessing those like very, very special moments that like it. <sighs> I wish there were more experiences like this for families, myself included. Like, it's very unique, and I think it could knock years off, like, traditional, like, therapy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, a fast track. Yeah. <laughs> Still on a quick fix, though. Yeah. Um, so, as, like, the journey progressed, what else came up? Um... So sort of, I guess if that was like the opening scene, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my mom and I, you know, again, we ego is kind of 
like gone at this point mm-hmm. um started reflecting on like I think what led to this is she said something like I, n- I never thought we would have this like much of a deep connection oh. again like after your teen years and I had a really you know <laughs> um dark teenage you know maybe five or six year mm. period um with you know drug and alcohol abuse I lost you know someone really dear to me uh, romantically and um kind of went down this dark mm. path of like self-harm drug and alcohol abuse um a very rebellious phase mm-hmm. as well like I was the good girl for my you know whole upbringing and then this was kind of my grand rebellion mm. and um you know I got in trouble um like with the law <laughs> and um, my mom definitely she was communicating that she didn't know you know if I was going to make it whether mm. that be like survive or you know be in jail or um so she was just kind of reflecting like I, I didn't know that we would have this mm. ever again like after your childhood and um do you feel though it was that a deep or sacred of a connection pre-teen years um I think on your part at least I think like some moments um very early mm-hmm. upbringing um but you know from my perspective my older brother had you know ADHD and some behavioral issues mm-hmm. and so most of my childhood I learned like the way to receive love was to have no needs because mm-hmm. he had so many and they were tending to all of them and I, if I was a good girl and didn't need anything from them, mm-hmm. that's when I would like receive validation or love. Mm-hmm. And so, like that, <laughs> so many of my clients, they're like had a troubled sibling or a violent sibling, and uh, they've learned not to like communicate their emotions fully mm-hmm. because it was like, well, mom and dad already have their hands wrapped up in that. Like, I don't want to cause them any more issues. Right. Sweeping under the energetic rug mm-hmm. so it can <laughs> come out later in life. Um, so yeah, I do believe that like we had little moments of time when I was growing up, mm-hmm. but a lot of my upbringing was around like trying to find belonging elsewhere, mm-hmm. like outside of my family, because I didn't feel like mm-hmm. I really had a place. And so, as you deepened into the journey and this like reclamation of the divine feminine, if you will, and like the power that it holds, um, what else anything like as we like go deeper in like was there like a what's the word they use in like stories we're at the top of the the peak mm-hmm. of the story um like the hero's journey <laughs> uh gosh i can't think of the word um it will come back to me later like climax yes the climax that's <laughs> okay. the word was there any type of like climactic moment or like something that it was just so pivotal Obviously, these are important moments, but was there, like, Mm -hmm. something where it was, like, whoa? Yes. Um, And it was kind of, like, right in in line with this, you know, my mom revealing, like, I never thought we'd have, you know, Mm. this closeness. And she kind of, like, was processing, like, all the things that happened during that dark period of my life. And uh, a family secret came out. She Mm. just kind of, like slipped up and shared something about um my she and my dad and 
um, this kind of experience. I won't reveal exactly yeah. what it is for their privacy, but um, yeah, this this big secret came out. Um, mm. And, you know, again, no ego, so she just kind of, it slipped out. And I was kind of like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> and had this, you know, curiosity around, like, well, I, want, I need to know more. And, you know, she asked me just, like, okay, let's not, you know, bring this up or talk about it so that it doesn't disturb anyone else's experience. Yeah. And it's like, okay. So I kind of, like, sat with that um, for a little while. And eventually we ended up going inside. It got really cold. And there was this, you know, moment that my mom pulled my dad to watch the sunset. And I was inside with my brothers and I shared this with them. Like, mm. hey, here's what I just learned from mom. <laughs> and again, kind of there was this, this like, yeah, that's probably not, like, let's not bring this up. That's interesting because it's almost like the very thing you said that you described your family of, like, the two Libra moons, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure you now get and understand and see from hindsight, but that this, like... Uh, tendency to push things underneath the rug it was like they were trying to do this on a medicine that doesn't allow for Mm -hmm. you to do that like again because there's no ego and it is the time to bring those things up to the surface to transmute them and heal Mm -hmm. them and it was like so sorry to your parents but this isn't gonna happen here and we're gonna catch it in action and bring that up Mm -hmm. and show it light yeah and it kind of like shows that um you know tendency to sweep things under the rug Mm -hmm. like from my parents of course and then also like when my brothers were kind of like yeah no let's not Mm -hmm. (laughs) go there like we all kind of feel that you know responsibility to preserve the peace and like um let's not you know stir the pot too much Mm -hmm. but meanwhile like i am physically feeling uncomfortable like Mm. sick Mm. um like i wanted to throw up uh like he wanted to reveal information (laughs) (laughs) exactly it was it was kind of like if i i was either going to throw up or i had to get this information out Mm. you know with everyone and so the facilitators are around and kind of like observing like they clearly know what's going on and encouraging you know that it come out um to me and then my parents came back inside and um we did one of them did a tarot reading for us and it was kind of like you know spot on with this Mm. like you know secret that came up and um you know my parents at this point don't know like what we were talking about while they were outside and um my brothers start to feel the energy of me like getting you know prepared to say something (laughs) let's pause there because for those who've not um participated in any type of like plant medicine journey where you are playing like in real like frequency vibratory energy it's it's so tangible you can't see it sometimes you can with some things but like it's like I could be having an emotional experience and then the person across from me knows exactly what's happening because we're connecting on that like frequency level. Mm -hmm. And so that's what she means, which I think is so important because I think that's one of the like 
most beautiful and unique things that plant medicine can gift us Mm -hmm. is like feeling that energy tangibly and I think we have these experiences in our day-to-day lives but they're just we're so distracted or we're so used to numbing or denying them that like it reminds us of like how sensitive we really are Mm, absolutely yeah and like in every journey like you said you can feel energy and Mm. it's so real and palpable and like even my parents when they came in kind of knew that they were walking into something and um and it's it's just um, felt so (laughs) looking back it was super uncomfortable in the moment Uh but looking back it's like yeah I I the medicine was forcing that out of me and Mm. I could decide whether it was a physical release or if it was you know clearing the air and like mm-hmm. having this real healing experience that we actually called in and mm-hmm. were there for mm-hmm. and see this is like another thing about i think that's really fascinating with plant medicine is you'll call something in and then you're like oh i know exactly what i'm getting i know what i want to do and then you realize that the universe has a real or the medicine however you want to look at it has a real funny way like you sometimes like your words like I think of like how they say spelling like your words cast spells and it's like not to cause fear with your words but like be very careful and intentional with them and understand what you are saying and calling in uh, beyond a plant medicine experience because you're casting spells in some way and you don't know how this will come about exactly and if you like think back to what our intention was to go beneath the surface like well here you go (laughs) how are we gonna do that if we're not actually Mm. getting beneath the surface of you know what's been swept under these rugs for so long Mm. and the the really amazing thing is is that had it not been in a facilitated sacred container with the use of the plant medicine you would have just fallen back into the habit of just like I'm just gonna keep this down and who's to say like what long-term effect that could have created on your body if the body's a reflection of like your internal energy Mm -hmm. and spirit exactly and I think that was like one of the biggest lessons of that journey for me was like I could you know sit with the discomfort the like excruciating pain of like holding this secret or holding the responsibility that's not intended for you Mm -hmm. (laughs) holding that or I could see what's on the other side of it like yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I need to get my family to do this (laughs) um and you said something also too that I want to backtrack and is like this is how we know energy is real of like we say things like you can cut the tension with a knife Mm -hmm. like so many people have had the experience like even if like their family or parents are arguing in the kitchen and then they come in and mom's like everything's fine and there's a smile on her face and you pick up energetically even as like a 10 year old and you're like something feels weird that's how sensitive we are and we again like have so many numbing agents and distractions that we lose that ability to tune into the frequency even though like my words are saying something different Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely yeah and when I mentioned like my brothers being able to feel (laughs) feel me Mm. about to you know expose this uh secret put it out on the table like my older brother had been sitting next to me and he kind of like touched my leg like almost like a permission like you know go ahead yeah we're ready and he almost at the same time my my younger brother across the room 
got up, went to the kitchen, which was right next to where we were, and they both, you know, had their arms crossed and, like, were kind of, like, bracing themselves for impact. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, You said something that I I wanted to touch on. It makes you... Oh, this is it. It makes you... When you can feel someone's energy in that way, it makes... What it's caused for me, and maybe you too, is, like understanding the effect of like how we act or interact with other people of like how our energy creates an effect on other people and if we could feel into other people's energy by like feeling into the potential action or what we have to say maybe we would second guess or edit how we show up in the world Mm. knowing how it would affect someone yeah yeah compassion true compassion it's really amazing. That's one of definitely one of the big lessons from this medicine. On this note of compassion and like your brother almost like well literally feeling into the experience you're having and in some way like energetically giving you permission to uh, unearth this secret that um, maybe was causing a lot of breakage in the bond, if you will. And your family, you said, walked in to what seemed like an awkward situation as you think back to it what happened like do you just share it what what's your dad's response like how does this flow i think (laughs) was it bumpy (laughs) well something that came up in the tarot reading was i think it was the moon card and um adrian shared like how that's like bring bringing things to the surface and um and that's, you know, my role in the mm-hmm. family of an Aquarius moon, which is, like, very mm-hmm. kind of rebellious and, like, mm-hmm. wants to shine light on things. Um, and so I think she mentioned something like that. And um, I said something to my dad. I think I said, um, are you ready to go deeper? Yeah. <laughs> you know, directly to him. And he was like, sure, why not? And that's when I, like, put it all on the table. Like, you know, mom shared this with me. Um, I became emotional at that point and, you know, was was crying and sharing how this impacted me, this, like, new information and, like, how it made sense of so many things. And mm-hmm. the fact that they swept it under the rug was, like, you know, we could feel this so, like, strong energetically. But, you If know, I'm playing devil's advocate here... How old were you when this uh, secret, like what, whatever it was, like what did was it recent? Something an no, event? It was um, at the time my darkest period, mm. so it was like when so I that was makes 16. sense. As an adult now, if you were in your parents' shoes, would you share that information with your children? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. Like yeah. I. I can definitely see why they didn't, Mm -hmm. but from my perspective, like, being on the other end of it, like, I was acting out some of the things that I felt energetically, Uh and so it was almost like I felt, like, at that point of my life that I was, like, going crazy, or, like, Mm. there was something wrong with me, or, you know, this, like, grand rebellion that I had was, like, you know, at the time it didn't feel like it was all my own Mm -hmm. and now like I have this information that this was not mine I was acting out Mm -hmm. this like deep pain that the family was experiencing Mm -hmm. but nobody knew about it 
It's almost though too, I wonder if you had if you had given been given the information about this secret at the time of it like happening uh it would have been not as healing or transformative for your family in the way that it came about because mm-hmm. now you have let's say 15 plus years of healing tools dealing with your own traumas and wounding and you have all this enlightenment about yourself and all these uh ways to these lenses to understand yourself that you didn't probably have when you were 16 Mm -hmm. yeah and i i definitely do believe that like you know this came out here at this time Mm -hmm. for a reason like there's safe place (laughs) yeah there's this like you know grand orchestration that you know god or the universe has of like you know helping us heal when Mm -hmm. we're ready and like i i see so perfectly like why this happened the way that it did Mm-hmm. But there is also this kind of like was or maybe like this is what's healing within me mm-hmm. now is like I wish there had been like a reckoning at the time like some you know you suffered for longer yeah the family yeah mm-hmm. it do you think that like on the journey so you said like this event occurred um, while you were a teenager. Um, sometimes like we feel the energy of like past versions of ourselves when like in any type of healing experience really like it could happen in life but like on a medicine journey do you think that you were at any point dealing um, or facing any darkness related to the age of the time of the event like for example like if you were dealing with a lot of I don't know like shame or uh, rebellion as you had said when Mm -hmm. you were 16 however that showed up for you like was a lot of that energy present in the journey um now that you have like hindsight i think like bringing the secret up and out like putting it on the table was a rebellion Mm -hmm. within my family Mm -hmm. because of that pattern of like preserving the chaos oh you know whitney yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) like yeah, I'm a black sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the white sheep. <laughs> um, so, how was what was your dad's response? Um, like it went way better than I thought it would. Because like, there's no ego. So how yeah. does one <laughs> face a yeah. secret without an ego? Yeah. Um, it was, you know very well received by I think everyone like as as best it could be and the way that he spoke about it was um very much like a father and that's Mm. a light that I hadn't seen my father in unfortunately Mm. like what do you mean by that he kind of like had gone through this regression like as he got older as and kind of when I went through my rebellion he was going through one as well Mm -hmm. and like he would love to like party with me and my older brother and like Mm -hmm. you know be one of the crew Mm -hmm. and um you know drink a lot and he would smoke cigarettes started smoking cigarettes um when I did and um so there was like this this rebellion within him too Mm -hmm. And so for, you know... Like he was an equal? Yeah. And not a father at that Mm. point. And so I hadn't experienced him in this, like, fatherly role since I was much younger. 
And so the way that he, you know, spoke about it, kind of like this, well, your mother and I, you know, thought that this was the best way to deal with this. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like very simple, Mm -hmm. like, you know, language, but it was a new light that I hadn't seen for a long time. And it kind of Mm -hmm. like brought me reassurance, even though I'm, you know, an adult now, Mm -hmm. like, like being able to see him in that fatherly role Mm -hmm. was healing I think and this is something that I'm thinking of as you're saying that is like just because though like you're an adult doesn't mean you don't need a parent you know Mm -hmm. like you still need a father figure and a mother figure um and the many ways like that you've shared that you've seen your parents in new light like that still like is teaching you even though you don't live with them and they don't take you to soccer practice and to Mm -hmm. hang out with your friends like you still in some way are looking to them for that guidance because you're essentially them and I think it's like healing that like whatever in me at that time in my life was craving, you know, like yeah. I was maybe craving like this masculine presence that mm-hmm. I didn't have. And so, you know, this experience like helped me receive that now, which can, can transcend like the timeline and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, help me move on. Mm. So it was a very simple confrontation. It was, you know, <laughs> as simple as it simple. could be. We kind of like you know, all went around and shared how this information impacted us and, um, you know, cleared the air, if uh-huh. you will, like, like aired any resentments or, um, you know, negative emotions around it mm-hmm. and get my mom's perspective and, um, you know, cause I had kind of gotten it earlier, but not, you know, <laughs> like with my father present and my brothers and it was really, you know, almost like an intervention with mm-hmm. my parents. That's wow, like, on psilocybin. <laughs> yeah, that's like how the energy kind of felt. What were the facilitators doing at this time? Were they prompting questions or? Yeah, they they would, you know, chime in here and there and help guide the conversation, the discussion, because, you know, we were <laughs> on medicine <laughs> and, um, you know, might have gone off on tangents and things like that, whereas like it could have been a more productive you know, conversation if they guided it. So they were very helpful in that way and mm-hmm. very validating too. Um, I think for all of our experience and all of our shares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we have that climax. Was that, did the, the medicine wear off, like start to at that point? Or was um, there more of an experience or pivotal moments to follow that? Um, it hadn't really worn off no oh, wow. um but it was kind of like maybe at the tail end of the experience like we still had like an hour or two that you know we were definitely feeling the effects mm-hmm. um but yeah we kind of I don't know <laughs> time doesn't exist yeah. during that <laughs> journey but um you know I would be willing to bet that it was like around an hour of processing that mm. And then um, my dad kind of, like, prompted us to, um, you know, if anyone else has any, like, grievances within the family towards anyone else, like, please feel free to share that. And Did anything come up? <laughs> yeah, there were other, you know, smaller things. Um, like, when you do this thing, it makes me feel this. Yeah. Wow. And wow, I, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it was really, 
really beautiful. Like I was able to share some like guilt that I was ex- that I was feeling around like my impact on my younger brother's childhood mm-hmm. and you know when I was going through that darkness like how I kind of like stole his innocence and mm-hmm. you know we had been so close before um my rebellion I guess mm-hmm. um that you know I I was feeling a lot of guilt for making him grow up too fast. Mm-hmm. And had he, when you brought this to light, like, was that something that he even had, like, um, created a, like a filter of, or was like that just a story you told in your head? (laughs) I, you know, I think there was definitely truth to it, but he had, um, you know, come to accept his upbringing and, Uh um, you know, he did have some healing around, uh, his upbringing and his experience with my parents and um there was anger that was released at you know an earlier time like several years ago um and he you know spoke that he was felt like really you know clear from that Mm -hmm. that that was you know really all he needed to release from his childhood and I mean who's to say like maybe if you dig there there's gonna be always more, new but, layers. But yeah <laughs> you don't have to go looking for it right. <laughs> it will find you yeah um and okay so you've cleared it did the physical sensations you had been feeling did those go away the feeling of wanting to throw up yeah um, <laughs> did die down like once I you know spoke it um that part went away but I had like these crazy digestive sensations Mm. of like my stomach was just going nuts as Mm. if you like had something some kind of bad food um and you know I was really clear that I was digesting this Mm. on behalf of the family like Mm. that that was exactly how it felt like I was just processing everything like that's 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 heavy. <laughs> yeah. That feels heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I had a lot of like that stomach sensation and digestive, you know, work <laughs> that I was doing. Yeah. Did it normalize after like the next day or the, the coming day, days? Yeah. It's like, you know, the end of the next morning, it was kind of, mm. that had definitely subsided, but it was mm. severely uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else that you think that was like worth mentioning on the actual like journey experience before we dive into integration? Um, well, this is kind of like I got maybe a segue. Um, I was feeling that night like I I had a really hard time going to sleep. Like you know we went we probably all like you know went our separate ways to our bedrooms like maybe around ten thirty or eleven. And I was wired, like I was mm-hmm. so um, awake still and like alert. And I had almost this like vulner- vulnerability hangover, I want to call it, mm. and some like guilt and maybe even shame around like airing the secret mm. because it was so against what we normally mm. do. And so it was like this hangover Mm -hmm. sensation of like what did I just do and now I can't control how everyone like processes this um do you think that was like maybe like 
now the ego starts to enter into the scene. Probably, yeah. yeah. Starting to come back online and be like, Because you had good intentions. It's not like you mm-hmm. were like, let's stir some shit up. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, that's what we did. And probably my ego was like, this is not safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, trying to protect me again and go back to the way that I we used to be as mm-hmm. a family. And um, so there was, you know, I did journal about that that night and kind of work through some feelings of, like... Um, shame and guilt around Mm. that do you think like when you think back to this like you had to make a decision of i I could throw up and just let this like um process like flush it down the toilet literally or i can speak to it when we think of it like like the devil and the angel on the shoulder like these two decisions to make what would have been in like your mind at the time if you think back the benefit of letting it remain a secret because we as you know we repeat those things those patterns because there's some benefit to us because that's the unconscious's way of protecting us Mm -hmm. and so what would have been the benefit of keeping things as they were if you went into this like what would the mind have created well my and in that moment like my mind was telling me like yeah, they're not ready to process this. Mm. Like, so you like created a story for them. I mm-hmm. did, um, and I definitely like mentally did not want to share that. Like, I was trying to talk myself out of it, but that's a, such a, the interesting <laughs> thing about the medicine is like it was not an option because physically, like, I was so uncomfortable that Ugh. it had to come out. Um, so the benefit of like keeping it a secret. A, there wouldn't be one because I'm sure it would have been forced out of me mm-hmm. in one way or another. But like mentally, I guess um, my how I would perceive that is like to maintain the status quo and not ruffle any feathers and mm. you know ultimately not receive the intention that we came for and the healing mm. that we wanted. So obviously, what led you to share it was not from this of like let's just like put everything on the table from this like just for fuck's sake you know Mm -hmm. like to get people upset and like this is the time like forcing things if you will yeah that was the last thing Mm. that I wanted Mm. so you processed the shame and you stayed up I'm assuming Mm -hmm. later than your family (laughs) when Mm -hmm. you woke up was that vulnerability hangover still there was there like a like a almost like oh my god what happened should i we talk about this even more now like how is it now then re uh, interacting with your family post uh being on medicine all the day prior um i well my my parents both came into my room and like laid <laughs> on my bed kind of like slumber party style That's which so is cute. not how we normally <laughs> do things um so right away i felt like reassured like okay i'm Everything, i'm still loved yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I had like, when I, you know, first opened my eyes, I kind of had this like desire to go like check and make sure everyone still liked me <laughs> kind oh, of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, did I, what did I do? Um, so that was reassuring to just like have them in there, like clearly still like open hearts mm-hmm. and whatnot. Did you bring um, it up? Um, no. Like, hey, are we no, cool? <laughs> no, I, I didn't really just... Now we kind of like talked about what was going to happen that day, and um, and they seemed to be obviously. It sounds like they were like experiencing an afterglow or mm-hmm. like just like 
really reflecting on the positivity of the experience. Yeah, they were definitely both in good spirits. And mm. yeah. <laughs> and your brothers? Um, they were too. Um, my older brother, who normally like is extremely regimented, like to deal with his ADHD, mm-hmm. um, he actually skipped his workout that morning which like he had told us he was going on a like seven mile run or something oh, like Jesus. that and we were all kind of like well we'll see and so it was like really already we were seeing like this pattern interrupt with him of wow. like this is huge like even though it might not yeah. seem that big no like, that is someone who has that commitment to work out on like even like in that like seven miles is a long fucking run Mm -hmm. (laughs) like while you're there to process and heal something that commitment there yeah wow yeah so they uh both my brothers were like also in good spirits and we were all you know kind of had similar like energy to the night before like camaraderie Mm -hmm. like um happiness and yeah like you said after glow and we pretty much immediately, I think, after, you know, waking up and kind of, like, getting ready-ish, like, we were still in our comfy clothes, mm-hmm. we went into breath work to begin the integration. Mm. And did anything new come up for you during that process? Like, um, again, for anyone listening, like, she mentioned earlier, when you mentioned earlier, that, like, you trigger, you worded it very beautifully, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, a what? DMT response um from breath work which mm-hmm. if you've never done breath work it can sometimes i would argue feel like you're on your high mm-hmm. like on some sort of substance Definitely. Um, and i say that having done breath work for many years before ever having any type of psilocybin or plant medicine experience like it's mm-hmm. very transformative in itself yeah. um it can be quite emotional um did anything new or um I guess like what's the word like if we double stamped it there like Mm -hmm. come up during that experience there was definitely a lot of release which Mm. can be expected yeah Um, especially like being around family and what we had you know sort of exposed and begun healing the night before um you know lots of emotions lots of tears um I was right next to my mom and uh, my older brother I believe and my dad was like on the other end so it was like really interesting we had like my mom and dad on on each end and Mm. then like the older siblings and then my Mm. younger brother um so it was i i my personal experience with it was like i had a a lot of tears Mm -hmm. um i had some anger come up and Mm -hmm. like i definitely screamed Mm um i kind of like my mind like a breath work can also trigger like a lot of memory yeah and my my memory came to like all of these like really dark and challenging periods in each of our lives and I kind of like scanned through what each of us had to go through and Mm. and kind of like you know was just compassionate with all of our journeys and like what had led us up to that point um I also you know my mom triggered me to cry quite a bit because she was processing and, um, you know, I'm sobbing. Like, I, I've mm. never heard, like, such sorrowful tears. Mm. And so that, you know, prompted me to get really emotional and, um, you know, feel her pain, which mm. I had never, you know, really known or felt before. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a beautiful part too. And, um, you know, when we come out of breath work, very often we'll talk, like share and talk Mm -hmm. about things. And um, my dad had had an experience of like sort of grieving the women in his lineage, like his Mm -hmm. mom who had passed away earlier that year, my grandmother, and um, her mother who had taken her own life, I Mm. learned during this experience, I didn't know that before. Um, So he had these like deep experiences of like grief and Mm. um, almost closure, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, with the women on, on his side of the family. Which kind of like led me back to, you know, my mom and I and kind of reclaiming that like femininity mm. and um, the role of the woman and the power of the woman on in our families. Mm. And you could also see too, like if he had like all these wounds related to it, it would cause like him to show up in a certain way would then cause this domino effect for your mom not feel safe to show up in a certain way or him create a story that like causes her to react in a certain way mm-hmm. like it's like because he released that it, like the pieces fell how they were like intended to yeah wow yeah so lots of processing in that um beginning of her integration and um yeah i i just i think breath work is one of the most powerful tools for integration and yes. and also replacing a lot of the chemicals that you release yeah. um serotonin and whatnot like like bringing you back to baseline yeah the next day yeah it does feel like a nice like system reboot mm-hmm. um kind of put you back into your body and prepare you to go back yeah. into the 3d do did you was it like kind of like a cleanup like in the general sense of uh like the retreat experience that we've had where it's just like you kind of part ways from the facilitators from that point um we actually were uh we stayed an extra night mm-hmm. so we had that whole day mm-hmm. but yes the facilitators did like mm-hmm. kind of wrap up and you know we had breakfast and kind of like hung out with them for a little while mm-hmm. while they cleaned up and um and they left you know midday that day but the whole family like we had breakfast outside in this like sunny little area and literally hung out there like probably the whole day like just talking and what did it feel like to connect now okay I had this deep connection with my family members on the medicine and then now like we're interacting and connecting and just hanging out mm-hmm. what felt different um it it just felt like almost a continuation of mm-hmm. the day before but not being on anything mm-hmm. um so i i felt that that was like a really important piece that we had time to integrate that next day um completely you know sober and alert mm-hmm. um to kind of like reinforce that new mm-hmm. way of being that we had, you know, created. Mm-hmm. You mentioned in the beginning that you guys would poke fun at each other, um, even if it was from a loving space. Was there any of that? Yes, that <laughs> definitely did come back, um, you know, quite a bit. But but it felt like it was from a new mm-hmm. perspective almost. Yeah. Like it was, you know, we were whoever was doing it like was really aware that this was like the old pattern Mm. and 
um, it just felt like it was new, even Mm -hmm. like, like anything we did that, uh, you know, day of integrating, like felt like it was from a new place. Mm. (laughs) Like I imagine it's like, you're like then even now the things that you're poking fun at are like these really deep experiences <laughs> that you had versus like something silly or funny when it, it's like a more uh, more vulnerable space that you're poking fun from mm-hmm. which is i think still loving i think so too you yeah. poke fun at your partner it doesn't discount yeah. the relationship um <laughs> so we're already like now and we're like said wait segued into integration which I, I want to break it down. I mean, not everyone's had a plant medicine experience and say like someone's only microdose, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode. Um, the integration piece, I would argue, is like 10 times more like potent and revealing. I almost think of like when we're on the medicine, it's like flashing a door open have you ever been uh, this is a very specific thing that comes to mind have you ever been to uh the california adventure and the haunted hotel ride and you ride up to the top and you see all of like disneyland and you're like oh my gosh like everything looks so beautiful and then you fall all the way down mm, like that's the all, tower turn yes yeah, yeah. yes and it's like the medicine is showing you like this is the reality that you could live in mm. if you dealt with these or processed these emotions and see look you're releasing this fear now look what's available to you mm-hmm. and then the drop is mm-hmm. the integration where it it's not always fun and playful because it's almost like you're backtracking in some ways to like understand where you have to kind of dissect things and rewire and reprogram in your everyday life where it's so easy to just fall back into your old patterns exactly i think of it like you have to rise to meet the Mm -hmm. medicine and what it showed you like you really have to implement new habits routines like behaviors patterns in order to sustain this like Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just an experience that you had one time and i think that's what makes it i i mean i've never had any kind of plant medicine experiences like at these like raves and festivals and i'm not discounting anybody's experience with it i think it could still be a beautiful and healing experience for anyone who participates um in them but I feel like this is like the benefit of like going in with an intention and like having almost like that accountability of the facilitators um, seeing you and witnessing you like in that very potent energy and then like say you do the medicine with a partner or a family member or a friend like holding each other accountable and like understanding that like if something pops up it's for your best good like this is this is the way through mm-hmm. you got to deal with this this wound and you're going to be triggered as fuck <laughs> like it's not all rainbows and butterflies oh yeah it's like i feel like some of the the darkest parts of it are the integration and like <sighs> following those following the shadow wherever mm-hmm. it wants to lead you and um noticing your tendencies to want to regress to mm-hmm. the way that you were before and like calling yourself up and in to this new experience like it really is one of the most challenging things but it's also i believe so rewarding like when you do commit to the integration process like there's so much magic that comes from to into your life because of that oh absolutely like i, I think 
just like speaking for us, like I think back, like we've like doing the integrations consistently last year, like I don't think we're the same people. Like I have almost no recollection of like not existing this way. Like I Mm. almost like quantum leaped into a new reality because you're, again, you're forced to integrate. I mean, you could ignore it, but there's this voice in you that's like, if you don't do it now, it's going to be a game of whack-a-mole where it's Mm -hmm. just going to come up somewhere else. You might as well, or it's going to get really loud and your body's going to start hurting or it's going to be a big problem in your life if you, if not now. Exactly. And I think that's a really great point because there, um, is a lot more, um, accessibility of plant medicine now and these journeys that people are facilitating and, um, I think it's so important to find quality facilitators that have an emphasis on this integration piece mm-hmm. and or find somebody um, knowledgeable you know, knowledgeable <laughs> and trained to hold space for you as you help uh, to help you process and integrate the experience because what can happen is like I, I don't know this like for a fact but what I imagine would happen if we didn't commit to these integration processes and like really taking action in our lives is like it could kind of backlash Mm -hmm. and like now we revealed all these crazy shadows and things within us they'll consume us yeah and (laughs) and if we don't deal with them they're they're just there and it can i believe maybe be a slippery slope of you know i think that could even like lead to like the fear of I think maybe and I don't again I can't speak this to fact either but I think there's a lot of like hesitancy of like let's make this legal as it is like like uh, cannabis is mm-hmm. and oh, sell it in a way we tax it we, we're controlling it and it's like okay you can do that but it's not the same as cannabis or, or it might be in that cannabis can induce psychosis and mm-hmm. so can these medicines if not used carefully and not dosed properly and not doing the work that is intended to go alongside it like it is not a quick fix at Mm -hmm. all yeah these are sacred medicines (laughs) that you know have been around long before we came upon them and they're to be used you know with reverence and um sacred nature and like yeah they can be used in party settings too i guess but like if playful ways but like what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like they they open doors that yeah. if you're not ready to go there, not grounded like, enough, it could really you know shift your your life if you're not committed to integrating and processing the things that they show you. Yeah, it, and it can change your personality too. Like, and I think that's like something that's like not often talked about. I don't know about you, but like. I found that like I used to be so obsessed with Law and Order, for example. Like I have been watching it since the nineties. Oh, me too. <laughs> and it's like now I watch it and I'm literally like, I'll get so distracted I can't focus on it. And I'm like, why can't I watch this? And I'm like, it's too dark. Mm. It's too heavy. Like I have a, like a resistance and an aversion to that type of like television experience where in the past I would listen to like murder podcasts and I, I can't now. <laughs> Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, there's a new energy that I feel to it. Yeah, definitely things have shifted. And even in my first, like, journey that I had way back in June, like, when I came back, I was resistant to technology, to, like, mm. <laughs> integrating into society. So it can bring up all these, you know, interesting emotions mm-hmm. and things that um, are available for us to process and, like, become aware of. But you know, like we're talking about, it's just so important to, you know, look at 
um, the ways that we can really like create new habits and patterns and like integrate this into our new reality. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that's the safest approach. So, okay, I want to go back to your family because you obviously don't live in the same place as they do. So I imagine like integration is a more interesting or maybe different experience than say if you went on a journey with your partner where you live with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you can process it as an individual, but then how are you, how has the integration process been for you and maybe share any like triggers that have come up or really like big events that maybe have something to do with what the plant medicine had shown um, you on the journey? Um, so I stayed in the area, um, you know, that one night after the journey, um, Was that the yeah that one night after the journey and then I um, was scheduled to fly home, you know Monday night, Mm -hmm. and so I was with my parents all of Monday and um, at some point you know within that window my my mom kind of like shared a different secret with me like a newer um, I feel like enough (laughs) yeah and and so that was kind of a new trigger for me and like like I can uh, totally understand why she felt like closer to me and mm-hmm. her heart was open and she wanted to reveal more mm. um but that was kind of a trigger that I was dealing with of like wow I, d- I don't want to know anymore mm. like I'm kind of good for the moment <laughs> um so it was interesting to still have you know like some time with them after the fact like and see their processing because I have been through you know not this exact experience obviously but like integrations before and Mm -hmm. I kind of like know what what works for me and Mm -hmm. like that I need some quiet time and reflection and time alone um so that came up as a trigger um and I was really you know ready to leave Mm because I felt again this like this uh your dog tendency (laughs) well my dog yeah but also this like tendency of responsibility Mm. and maybe that's what my mom was like showing me and challenging me is like um you know I I need to stop taking responsibility for you know everyone's experience and um and I felt like if I stayed there I couldn't like integrate in the way that I really needed to Mm -hmm. so it was perfect timing for me to head out of town um and yeah I I have gotten you know follow-up help on this to mm-hmm. you know sessions um with one of the facilitators to help me integrate this experience um I'm seeing you know a couple of other you know <laughs> supports um who are helping me with embodiment and um and I guess I would call it like energy work mm-hmm. around like the emotions that I maybe took on during this experience from my family mm. and to help you know, work them out of my body. So I have like a lot of support for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, my family like is not on the same path as me, like mm-hmm. spiritually and have all these tools and resources. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've heard from them is that they're, you know, in their own process and things have really shifted for them as well. We have a family integration call scheduled for next week. Um, where we'll all come together on a Zoom call with the facilitators and kind of process where we are now. Mm. So I think a lot more will be revealed at that point. Um, And, you know, I've 
I think we're still like very early in the integration like it happened a few weeks ago um, but I'm definitely still processing my mom is actually coming to visit me this coming mm. weekend and we have an appointment to have an integration session together Wow. Um, so there's a lot of things in the works and you know maybe we'll come back and talk more about it <laughs> I believe like now that this is out of the way that this was kind of like how we would get beneath the surface mm-hmm. is to deal with you know this uh, what was revealed at this experience um, I believe like it can be even more like lighthearted and playful and like joyful now mm-hmm. that we've gotten through the heavy heavy parts of you know uh, our family healing journey I guess and that's what I'm looking forward to it's almost too like you have the evidence of see look we can deal with awkward potentially awkward situations and like get through them like the little things we can manage on our in the in between mm-hmm. as we integrate yeah absolutely is there anything else you want to share I mean this was a very thorough conversation and I feel like we covered like lots of things from like your perspective and just a general sense of like a plant medicine journey and what it entails and it's very clear like the work and the effects of it are are still riding through you which is Mm -hmm. pretty normal if it was only a couple weeks ago (laughs) um but is there anything that you feel like um, you want to share maybe with someone who we kind of, again, touched on this in the beginning of who has this desire, even just to heal and connect deeper with their family, like with or without plant medicine. Is there, um, anything that they'd like to bring up? Um, I just, one kind of piece of feedback I got from, you know, my family and the facilitators too, is kind of this, uh, the way that I live my life and my commitment to my healing journey. I didn't realize this before, but it was inspiring to my family. <clears throat> and it's like one of the reasons they said yes to this because, mm. you know, they trusted the work that I'd done on myself and, and the changes and the shifts that they'd seen within me and my life. Mm. Um, so I just want to share that like as encouragement for anyone out there that like, might be struggling like my family would never do this or never even like we don't even talk or whatever the case might be is like we can really our first influence is like on how we live our lives yeah and our own like embodiment and commitment to our healing so just keep going with that and then when when and if and when it feels right to invite your family or a member of your family into a deeper experience like it doesn't need to be plant medicine it can be you know a therapy session Mm -hmm. or um, breath work um, breath work absolutely that that to me is like almost as powerful as plant medicine itself um yeah there's there's all kinds of different experiences you could invite them into that aren't you know maybe as taboo as, mm-hmm. as this um even the astrology session that we mentioned mm, like maybe yeah, we can tag them in, that's the, right. in the show notes or something um but yeah just like your commitment to your own healing and um, getting creative with what you invite your family or a member of your family into. Yeah, I love that. It's like, be the change you wish to see. Like, what is that? By, a quote by Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And I think we already talked about this, but like, like when you heal yourself, you really do heal your family and like constantly, like if there's something you want from your mom, for example, like you want her to be more conscious or take care of her body. Well, are you doing those same things too? Mm-hmm. Like first start on yourself and you can't force someone to change or heal and um, that doesn't want to. So like just be that invitation for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Through your Absolutely. actions. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this and just chit-chatting with me. This is probably one of my favorite topics, and it's nice to just, like, see you do this separately from, like, the containers we've been in, and, like, it's very inspiring, like, as a friend and just, like, as an outsider of seeing you heal your family and, like, be the catalyst for that. Mm. I relate to it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, I, I believe this, like concept of family healing is so powerful and it's kind of the direction that that we're headed in I believe like collectively mm-hmm. in the spiritual community and hopefully beyond just like this is the foundation and mm-hmm. I don't know if I talked about this in the beginning but but my experience and kind of what led me here was this awareness of like I had um kind of like distance myself from my family in mm-hmm. order to heal mm-hmm. but now I'm realizing like that is where the healing needs to happen so that it's not being recreated in situations that we call into our lives mm-hmm. because it's you know something we need to heal from childhood or mm-hmm. whatever so yeah I believe this is you know the medicine and probably the fastest way to heal is to go back to these roots and these tendrils of mm-hmm. like um, wounds that happened early in life. Mm. Um, I want you to briefly before you get off, um, share where people can find you. You're on Instagram, so share your handle and you lead retreats, which I've been on most of them. (laughs) And there was actually a whole family at the Costa Rica retreat. And so again, another avenue doesn't have to be plant medicine that you could bring your family on a family vacation, but it's like centered around spiritual healing. So maybe share a little of your retreats and your handle. And I'm sure your link in bio will take them to like all the information on that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my personal Instagram is at Whitney Yarn, Y-A-R-N. Um, and then if you're looking for Sojourn, it's at Sojourn San Diego. And through Sojourn, I do run um, these spiritual retreats that typically include yoga and other healing experiences, breath work. Um, and if we're traveling to a different place, like we infuse, you know, some of the medicine of that land or, mm. you know, the, <laughs> the people of that land. Um, to lead us in an experience. So, um, yeah, we are gearing up for our Costa Rica retreat again in May. Is there still spots for, available for that? Yeah, we have oh, a handful. Of thousand spots out of ten recommend. <laughs> May fourteenth through twentieth of twenty twenty two, and that can be found on Sojourn's Instagram or website. Um, spots still open for that, and then I have a couple more coming up. A local San Diego retreat in June a Maui retreat in November and Sedona in January again. So if you're looking for any like, you know, deeper healing containers, we, we don't include currently plant medicine on these experiences, <laughs> but, um, there's a lot of other healing tools. Still that we, medicine. Definitely <laughs> medicine that, um, cacao even mm-hmm. is a medicine. <laughs> yeah. They're extremely transformative experiences. And I'm actually getting together with the, the group from Maui, uh, this weekend. And, um, I've heard from every one of them that they've had this major life uh, transformation yeah. that happened after. I the know retreat. someone who went on that retreat, and I can attest to that. Found two people found you know their a soulmates. Yes, <laughs> someone um, is now working professionally with Paula Abdul what? and like called in celebrity clients. Um, we've had 
you know, businesses being created and, you know, it's just a, a it was a lot of abundance to though too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only one I've not been on. <laughs> I think <laughs> I need to go. I might see you in November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But really potent, powerful experiences. So, um, if that calls to you, would love for you to check it out. Yeah. Thank you, Guy, uh, Whitney, and everyone for listening. And if anyone has like specific questions on the medicine or Whitney's experience, I'm very happy to answer questions. Um, just from my own perspective, I am not a professional or a guide or facilitator, but I can always direct you in the right way. And I'm sure you'd be open mm-hmm. to questions if yeah. someone has questions about Whitney's experience with her family. Um, I'm an open book and maybe <laughs> maybe I need to pull back airing my dirty laundry. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, this is one of the most transformative medicines, but there are so many other ways that we can heal and it doesn't have to involve quote unquote substances or drugs. Mm-hmm. I also want, want to start real quick, the <laughs> longest ending ever, but want to share um, at so through Sojourn, um, Adrian, who's one of our uh, facilitators, is going to be starting a monthly integration circle um, for anyone like going into a medicine experience, integrating from one or just experiencing like a spiritual awakening, Mm -hmm. Kundalini awakening, you know, whatever you might want to call it. Um, integrating these things like into our experience, whether it's medicine or just like awakening in general. So that's going to be um, in San Diego if you're local. Um, So just another opportunity to help integrate these things into our yeah adrian is uh the shadow queen so like (laughs) if you're finding trying to find a way to integrate darkness into your life and what i mean by that is to be completely accepting of the shame and guilt as just as you are with the happiness and joy and light um so that if you are local highly recommend booking something with her and there's another facilitator too and she um, does more body work um, and women's circles also held at Sojourn. So definitely check them out. Uh, Adrian's been on the show before, so you can definitely find her information there. I'll link Jen's in this the notes as well. Okay, we're gonna end this. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with us. We're probably on 1.5 speed because we're talking so much. <laughs> um, and until next time, um, stay happy and healthy. Bye.